Welcome back to Faith, Family, and Politics. I'm your guest host, Alan McFarland, and we're in the newly renovated Bullet Studios. We're going to have a really big show today. Absolutely. To my left here, we're going to skip him. We're actually <laughs> going to go ahead and bounce straight across to Louie and welcome him into the show. We'll get to thank Sterling you, here. Thank then. you. Back to Sterling, of course. Our wonderful producer. That's all you're going to give us is a wave? you got to say something for audio listeners. They don't know you're here. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> and, of course, your amazing host, week in and week out, except this one. Yeah. Josh. How you doing, buddy? I'm doing all right. You, you, you did another episode, too. This is your second time around. So. Yeah, well, you know, I, I don't know what I did right or wrong last time, but I'm back. Yeah. Yeah, so. I invited you back. You did a good job. <laughs> so I think we need to... Put some pressure on you and have you lead us with a prayer. Yeah, yeah. So uh, we'll bow our heads and close our eyes and all that good stuff. Father God, we uh, come to you tonight to ask you for protection in this time of uh, war that's going on across the globe. Um, We want to ask you for, well, let me me, me say what we're thankful for. We're thankful for this show and this group of... uh, fellows here that we're getting together every week and we're we're putting this on and getting out there into the world and letting them know about uh, about you lord and <clears throat> having the chance to do so and and show your values uh being spread throughout life and not just um not just in doctrine um we also want to pray for uh, uh my sister who happens to uh, be trying to heal right now uh, and uh hopefully we have a really good show tonight and uh, bless on our word and your son's uh, precious name we pray. Amen. Amen. There's a lot of pauses. My, my uh, apologies. <laughs> hey, no problem, man. Yeah. <clears throat> so um, tonight, uh, the the theme or title uh, is, Do I Get Another Chance? And um, I know that we all talk about um, getting a, another chance at stuff, uh, whether it's life or... Um, with a partner or with friends, um, but this in particular, we're talking about uh, with God, you know. And and oh, I'm sorry, I, yeah, I thought maybe a second chance to host the show. Maybe that's yeah. What it was. I mean, <laughs> you did get another chance. You were literally here. That first time in was the, rough in the flesh, right? The <laughs> living the of a second chance well, or thank another you. chance. Thank you, Josh. I'll shut up now. Go ahead. <laughs> You're forgiven, sir. <laughs> Um, but yeah, they say that uh, one of the biggest uh, questions in life is, uh, "Who am I?" We all ask that question. You ask that question yourself, Louis. Like, who who am I? Right? Yes, I do. And and, and I'm my, still wondering, still wondering. <laughs> yeah. Let's see. For me, my answer is uh, is this: it's, uh, it's just uh, my truest, uh, purest, and non negotiable identity is child of God. We're all children of God, right? I've done a lot of bad things in my life uh, that I'm not proud of. Some things that I'm downright ashamed of, uh, but I am still a child of God, and so are you. Uh, This is my cornerstone identity and should be the cornerstone identity of every human being. Uh, This is important because uh, identity is the engine that drives the relationship not only with ourselves, but also with God and others. If your identity is broken, your life is broken. If If you define it incorrectly, you will carry that wrong definition into your story. If all you see are your shortcomings, you will miss out <clears throat> on the awesomeness that is <laughs> that God is creating in front of you. <clears throat> you know, when I talk to people in their difficult times in their lives, they uh, the hardest part of uh, the, to hear is when they have accepted 
whatever the the lie is in their life that that this ugly can't talk about it embarrassing thing um and in their stories uh, uh, that they they feel like it's beyond the grace of God like God will just not forgive them for it that that his mercy doesn't reach far enough and that his grace is insufficient you know they're going through you know addiction divorce hate betrayal cheating mental health issues uh loss of life uh, having a checkered past, pattern of bad choices, uh, they have the wrong priorities. You know, all these things, they're dealing with all these, you know, tough decisions and tough, you know, things to go through, and they think this is all unforgivable. There's no way that God's ever going to give me a second chance, another chance. Uh, <clears throat> and maybe they've got a, a couple of these things going on in their life, and it's hard, you know. But God is reaching out in all these difficult times, and he whispers, just reach out to me, my child. I am here. Please, I beg you, reach out. Pray. <clears throat> and in Romans nine twenty five through 26, as it, uh, it says, as indeed, he says in Hosea, <clears throat> those who were not my people, I will call my people. And her, <clears throat> and her who was not beloved, I will call beloved. And in the very place where it was said to them, you are not my people. There they will be called sons of the living God. Now here's the skinny of it all. Uh, most, if not all of us, believe in the, in living a societal standard. It's a lie that says that this is what really counts. To be wealthy, powerful, influential, attractive, admired, talented, popular, and above all, valuable. We must make a life that is worth something to others, or better yet, worth more than others. The world screams at us to hurry up and meet impossible, unattainable standards. Our life, our lives become a reaction to the standard. According to the standard, we must be nothings. We must not be nothings. Uh, to, uh, to be good for nothing is to be as good as dead, and death is what we fear most, the death that says our lives have no value. That's got to be hard to, to think about, that we had no value in this world when we were, were here, right? And and we're all facing that, like, we have to try to keep up with others. So so we live a life of comparison and one-upmanship. Keeping up with the Joneses, you know, everything is fine, everyone is good, and we have a picture behind our picket fence to prove it. Our lives become weighed down by the heaviness of getting it right. Our joy becomes brittle and our hearts slowly break. The outcome of this hurry up and um, matter hustle is slow uh, uh, is, is the slow crushing of our souls. Uh, but God offers real life where our brokenness is redeemed. He says we can walk away from society's standards and allow him to breathe new life into us, his children. In Ezekiel, where the Lord leads the prophet through a valley, Ezekiel wrote, The hand of the Lord was upon me, and he brought me in the spirit of the Lord and set me down in the middle of the valley. It was full of bones, and he led me around among them. And behold, they were very many on the surface of the valley, and behold, they were very dry. That's our condition. Uh, we're the dead, dry bones. And yet God tells Ezekiel to prophesy, to reveal something by divine inspiration. 
over these bleached, uh, bleached and broken things. <clears throat> the prophet does uh, does, and in the st- uh, in the story of the bones comes a lot. The, the, the bones come alive. Broken things are made beautiful. Here's the point. God breathes life into our dead and imperfect standards. So if we feel that we don't measure up, it doesn't mean we have to climb onto the uh, build your worth treadmill. You know, uh, we already have worth in God's eyes by His doing. I mean, He did create us, right? Uh, and our worth is permanent, lasting far longer than any worldly attempt to uphold the standards of society that we that, that could ever last. Um, are you seeking your self-worth through redemption in Christ or through uh, striving to gain others' approval? It's a big question. Definitely. Um, there are definitely times that every time I look down and see if I have another subscriber, right, or a, <laughs> or a thumbs up or, or anything like that, you're definitely looking and going, Love, I'd love just a little more of that approval today. Yeah. Just need a little bit more of that approval today. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and well, you know, and the, the, the hand of the Lord, uh, well, let's see here. Let me go back here because I want to make sure that the, people know. This is from Ezekiel 37, 1 through 4. So the hand of the Lord was upon me, and he brought me out in the spirit of the Lord, and he set me down in the middle of the valley. It was full of bones, and he led me around among them, and behold, there were very many on the surface of the valley, and behold, they were very dry. And he said unto me, Son of man, can these bones live? And I answered, O Lord God, you know. Then he said uh, to me, Prophesy over these bones, and say to them, O dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. Thus says the Lord uh, God to these bones, Behold, I will cause breath to enter you, and you shall live. And I will lay uh, uh, sinews uh, upon you and will cause flesh to come upon you and cover you with skin and put breath in you and you shall live and you shall know that I am the Lord. Now that, that moment right there, just hearing that that's going to happen. I mean, could you imagine being in that situation that you're about to watch these bones just come up because they're just here. They're hearing the word of the Lord. So now they're just going to come up and they're just going to start, uh, you know. Gaining some flesh, kind of like a zombie movie, right? <laughs> so, uh, find my place here. Talk about yourself for a second because i got to find my place. <laughs> so what about Josh not knowing where his place is, yeah, guys? Right? Yeah. Happens. I hope he gets him a second chance. It's <laughs> <laughs> okay, here it is. Uh, so <laughs> Good job, everybody. Yeah, thank you. Uh, so, so I prophesied as I, I was uh, commanded. And I prophesied that there was a sound, and behold, a rattling, and the, dr- and the bones came together, uh, bone to its bone. And I, I looked, and behold, there were uh, sinews on them, and flesh had uh, come upon them, and skin had covered them. But there was uh, no breath in them. Uh, you know, zombies. <laughs> then he said to me, prophesy to the uh, breath, prophesy, uh, son of man, and say, uh, and say to breathe. Thus says the Lord, Come uh, for, uh, from the four winds, O breath, and breathe on these slain that they may live. So I proph- prophesied as he commanded me, and the breath came into them. And they lived, and these bones are the whole house of Israel. Behold, they say, our bones are dried up, and our hope is lost. 
we are indeed cut off. Therefore prophesy and say to them, Thus says the Lord God, Behold, I will open your graves and raise you from your uh, and raise you from your graves, O my people, and I will bring you into the land of Israel, and you shall know people. And I will put my spirit within you, and you shall live, and I will place uh, place you in your own land. Then you shall know that I am the Lord. I have spoken, and I will uh, and I will do it. Declares the Lord. You know. <clears throat> Um, go on to my next point here. We have to learn to love ourselves. Um, because God sure does. Whether whether we know it or not, he, he loves us. And so we have to learn to do it ourselves. And um, before I accepted uh, who I was as God's child, uh, I was never enough. You know, what I had accomplished was never enough. And whatever good was there in front of me, was impossible for me to take pleasure in. Um, yeah, kind of a depressing state, really, you know. But because I was trying so hard to be good that I could never just embrace the good, uh, I was always presenting a glossy version of myself to God. But God can't love a glossy version. He just can't. <clears throat> So I was unable to experience God's love. I had no idea who I was. I uh, I knew I needed to love myself again, the real me. I needed to present the my real self with all its flaws, all its mistakes, all its failures, and all its quips and even cruelty. That way I can you know, show that to God and uh, the unfiltered version of me. Um, we, we find, you know, that to be very difficult to do. We don't want to show our true selves to certain people, um, especially with, you know, we're going to church and maybe we don't act as prickly as we normally are. But there was somewhere along the lines I decided, you know what? Um, I'm just going to be me. So you're just going to be prickly at church. Just be prickly at church. Yeah. You know, God can't see that glossy version of you because he knows too much. Yeah. He knows too much. <laughs> we know too much. <laughs> uh, I've lost my place again. <laughs> so, guys, we need to find a find something for him to hold his place. Yeah, stickers, stickers, stickers. That's the answer. Okay. So, uh, you know, I needed my have, uh, my heavenly Father to wrap his arms around me, uh, the real me, and say he loved and accepted me by his grace. So, when Jesus was asked to pick up the greatest commandment, he actually offered up two commandments uh, from the from two Old Testament scriptures and then fused them together in, in, into a one-two punch of how to live a powerful life. He said, you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your mind. You know, I'd say right there, Jesus was uh, channeling uh, Bruce Lee, but better because he's Jesus, right? <laughs> This is the first and greatest commandment. A second is equally important. Love your neighbor as yourself. We can find it really difficult to love our neighbors, especially right now. The climate we're in. Not the immediate neighbors. I was just, hey, I was just making sure. <laughs> I mean, not right here. <laughs> right? Although it is it is difficult to love you sometimes, Alan. That's fair. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm sure it goes back my way as well. Especially when I'm trying to... Um, 
produce on your show because I'm going to get difficult on you sometimes. We do this in close proximity for many, many hours. So, <laughs> But, you know, I, I'm not a minister, uh, but I can't help but notice that those two words, as yourself, in one statement, Jesus brings together the ideas of loving God, loving your neighbor, and loving yourself. In my experience, this is the way. Uh, all three of those loves tend to rise and fall together. If we get a cease and desist from Disney. <laughs> I put that in there not purposefully. This is the way. <laughs> this is the way. Side eye. Yeah, I was waiting for a, a comment. <laughs> I got it. So the, the, more you, uh, the more you love one, the more you love the others. Uh, people who never learn to love their true selves are often also limited in their love for God. And you're somewhere in between. Uh, please be you, unfettered and unfiltered. You. Uh, what if uh, the person who you need to be uh, kindest to is yourself? What if the enemy you need to forgive or the prisoner you need to release is your true self? That is why God redeemed you. How can you begin to love yourself better today? I feel like Sterling's got some. Sterling's got, he's got notes. Yeah, he's got answers. Ooh, look at him over there. Yeah. It's fancy. Bring it. I want to hear. Well, the answer to the question, that's going to be hard. I got to stop looking inward. Um, a lot of uh, judgment on myself. Like I've talked to you about many times with the court cases and things going on with my dad and his yeah. estate. You know, how is that going to make me look? How is that going to hurt my sisters? Um, well, because you care a great deal about them as well. Right, you know? right. It's just we're not supposed to worry on anything. We're supposed to take everything to prayer yeah, and lay it down at God's feet. It's really hard because we like to pick things back up. So... I need to love myself more by letting God love me more and just leaving things in his hands. Well, you certainly do a good job of loving your neighbor because I love having you as a neighbor. <laughs> it's two doors down from me, and it's awesome. So I, I can't say enough good things about you. And perfect producer. And then you've you're, you're got your protege sitting over there, Cameron, producing this week, and he's doing a bang-up job. He has not lowered my mic once, so I'm already, I'm already liking him. I was going to ask him to lower mine. <laughs> Did you have another point there, Al? I didn't. Oh. I was going to see what I want to see what's in this this bag of tricks he's putting here. Oh yeah, he's got notes. These studied, <laughs> the studied Sterling over the here. Thing I, the first thing I wrote was, I think you said "bless on our word" earlier. Yeah. I was like trying to figure out what you meant by that. Oh, I thought you were nitpicking him. I was just You're curious. like, tell me more about this. Oh yeah, so uh, it probably it would be. I would say that it misspoke. Cause okay, bless, bless no, on no the, yeah, the message we're bringing. It's like what divine God. intervention does Josh know? Yeah, <laughs> um, bless from... God's word. Yeah, well, it, it doesn't come back void. So absolutely, yeah, yeah. absolutely. Um, public opinion versus self opinion. You've talked on a lot, um, and not finding your happiness like. From the likes, from the subscribes, and all those things, happiness from others. You can't find happiness from others. That's just not a thing. You have to find yeah. loving yourself, for sure. Um, and then talking about... It's just like being on an airplane. you got to put your 
your mask uh, on. Mask right? on first, uh, you know, before you can help someone else. And that's difficult as an extrovert. I mean, not that per se, but what we're talking about, it's really difficult as an extrovert because it is hard to to kind of not not to love yourself, but because you want to be around other people and you want that energy of everyone else, you typically derive a lot of your personal feelings from how you from the vibe you get from everybody around you does that make sense yeah well you almost I, feed on it yeah it makes sense for me because i'm the same way but i know sterling's a little more introverted so his his perspective is uh the other end of the spectrum being your true self is like feeling raw or exposed yeah, yeah. you know that's nobody wants to do that yeah we, we, i think i think we got to get more comfortable with that Co- comfortable with being uncomfortable because when we're exposed like a nerve ending mm-hmm. um We'll put it in perspective, like when when you're doing sales, the way way people will relate to you, or they'll want definitely want to buy you, or even buy, buy from buy from you, buy from you, not buy you, buy from you. <laughs> um, the way the way they'll, they'll want to buy from you is if they feel like they relate to you, mm-hmm. and if you're vulnerable with a person, if you're exposed like a nerve ending, well then they get to know you, they build a rapport, and then they can say, yeah, I want something. I want to buy something from this person because, heck, they're a human being like me. Mm-hmm. Relatable. Yeah. yeah. And I think it makes you even more relatable when you can show all of you and not hide any of it and put it behind a closed door. Right. I was so afraid you guys were going to make us go shirts and skins next next show. Still a family show. It all depends <laughs> on who you open up. You cannot open up to everybody because there's some people that are evil and they use it against you. But then you got to know who no, is who. No weapon formed against me shall prosper. That's right. Sterling knows what I'm talking about. Mm. Mm. <laughs> so you got to know who you open up to and not open up to. And trust the ones that you do. Uh, but you, you still want to be yourself. You're who you yeah, are. you want to be yourself, yeah. but still you don't want to open up yeah. to everything. Sometimes you just got to be a little more prickly with others. Than yeah. <laughs> but it's a difference uh, difference than uh, in, that, in that situation, yeah. So let's look at that passage uh, of another chance um, to teach us uh, something today. Uh, one of the lessons I am learning about God and how the, He shapes my heart is that uh, God does His shaping through the uh, through the people I love. That includes the guys that are sitting at this table and a guy over there uh, producing today. We should invest in people uh, through the lives of the uh, the other children of God. It's clear to me that when compassion and kindness are brought into my life, God is moving on my behalf. He keeps letting me do this show every week. Uh, <clears throat> he is loving uh, me through these other uh, these other people. I know many other people have amazing experiences where they feel the love of God firsthand in their hearts. They go off alone and feel his presence, approval, and acceptance in a special and direct way. Maybe you've had one of those moments. I hope you have. I hope everyone does. Still, I like to think that God's love is always on. It is a constant. It's not there only when we feel it and think about it or have a really spiritual moment, or as Bo put it in a few episodes ago, goosebumps. Right? It's always in us. His love and acceptance is in us and ever-present. The the key to experiencing even more of uh, this love is to give it away. 
to let it flow out so we can be filled even more. God could just rain his love on us. He could set up a direct flow into each person's heart. But that's not how uh, he set up love. We are not just uh, reservoirs of his love and grace. We are channels. We are rivers meant to flow. You can see the brilliance of this strategy. The more we love others, the more his love spreads out into the world. Maybe that's why uh, Jesus' bottom line on living a powerful life came down to a two-pronged commandment. Love God and love others. Again, invest in people. It's the best investment you can make. It wasn't just a commandment. It was a, de- uh, it was a description of how life works. The more we love others, the more we experience the love of God. This is also a clever way to dismantle the standards of society and if you're accomplished enough to matter. God has appointed the outsider, the misfit, the other, as the primary mechanism for ex- uh, expanding the love inside our hearts. Are you an outsider? A misfit? Or just plain don't fit the mold? Loving one another is how we get more of him, more life, more of all we are meant for. Invest in people. How can you give and receive God's love through through others today? When you invest in people through God's love, you get phenomenal returns. Phenomenal returns. See, uh, talk about another chance. I've got a guy sitting right next to me, Louie here, who uh, he thought that another chance in life was not possible. He thought that there's no way that God was going to forgive him for his past. He said, no, I've done too many things. And I said, that's not true. Because God loves you. And we got to talking, and uh, we've covered this in a previous episode, but he accepted the Lord Jesus Christ right there in my living room not too long ago. And he embraced that, that other chance. And I thank God that he did because this studio you see here before you, the way it's built, his hands had a lot to do with that. And because God showed his love through me, it spread to Louie. And it's true. God did give me another chance. Because a lot of bad things were happening, and since then, everything started working pretty good. And right now, I'm kind of happy with my life, because I was given that second chance. Well, stick with us. We're going to step up that kind of to something that's a little stronger than that. Kind of happy isn't working for us. We need you up. Yeah, but we're doing good. I, I tell you the truth. I did a lot of bad things in my life. I did drugs. I prayed to God. He to get me out of it. He got me out of it. I prayed that things would go better because I didn't treat my first wife good. I was bad. And um, I lost her because of that. So I learned from that. And I prayed to God the next woman that he gets me is a good woman like the first woman I had. And he gave me that. Gave me a second chance to start over. Yeah. And I corrected it. And now things are going good. I kept my second wife longer than my first wife. And Yeah, Norma's pretty awesome. Yeah, she is. We love She's you, Norma. A good woman. And um, things are going good. 
I can't complain anymore, you know, because like you said, I did have a dark side. Now I got a light side. My life is all lighted up, and things are working out for me, and thank God for that. See, I was thinking, you know, when you said that, that Louie felt like he had done too much, and in my head I'm like, you just haven't done enough, right? It doesn't mean enough bad things. It just means that was then. You, you had a clean break. You see what I'm saying? So you haven't done too much. There's just a little bit more for you to do, mm-hmm. and all that can be positive from then on. I mean, that's, yeah. you know, it's no way to look at it. It's too much. Not, there's never too much. There's always more. As long as you're waking up every single day and you're putting energy out into the world, there's always more to be done. And don't give up on life. And don't give up on Jesus. Always keep going. You know, there was a there was a young guy uh, in the Bible that had a pretty similar story to you, Louie. You know that? It's in Luke chapter 15, verses 11 through 24. And he said, There was a man who had two sons. And the younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the share of property that is coming to me. Sounds pretty entitled, doesn't it? Uh, but it, uh, and, he, and he divided his property between them. Not many days later, the younger son gathered all he had and took a journey into a far country. And there he squandered his property in reckless living. And when he had spent everything, a severe famine arose in the country. And he began to be in need. So he went and hired himself out to one of the citizens of the country who sent him into the fields to feed pigs. And he was longing to be fed with the pods that the pigs ate. And no one gave him anything. But he came uh, to himself, (laughs) but he came to himself, he said, How many of father's hired servants have more than enough bread? But I perish here with hunger. So he's being resentful there. I will arise and go to my father, and I will uh, no longer uh, worthy to be called your, uh, and and I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Treat me as one of your hired servants. And he arose and came to his father. But while he was still a a long ways off, his father saw him, and felt compassion, and ran over, embraced him, and kissed him. Can you imagine that moment right there? Like, you think that you're going to go and tell him, like, ah, I'm nothing but a, I'm a, nothing but a scrub. Just treat me like a scrub, Dad. And from a distance, his his dad sees him, and he's like, no, 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 get over here. I want a hug. He said, wait a second. What's that scrub doing walking across my property? Yeah. <laughs> oh, wait, that's my kid. <laughs> <laughs> and the son said to him, Father... I have sinned against heaven and before you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his servants, Bring quickly the best robe and put it on him. Some of that nice nice clothes, some nice uh, brand names, you know, like Reebok, Adidas. He was clothing him in it. <laughs> Our champion these days. Yeah, sure. And and uh, But the father said to his servants, Bring quickly the best robe and put it upon him. And put a ring on his hand. He put a ring on it, man, nope. and <laughs> and uh, and shoes on his feet. So he he got some, he got some new uh, Jordans there, you know, and uh, and bring the fatted calf and kill it, and let us eat and celebrate. Uh, for this is my son; uh, he was dead and is alive again. He was lost and he is found, and they began to celebrate. 
So when you get that that other chance, when we're we're putting our arms out to embrace you, we're ready to celebrate that you're that you're home. It's not about what you did. It's not about where you've been. We just want to know who you are as a person, and let's move forward. And we're, we're celebrating that you're home. We're going to get you that other chance because God is the arbiter of another chance. God, I never got no Jordans. Maybe some slippers, but never <laughs> Jordans. <laughs> you never know what the future holds, man. But that's my message today. Well, thank you. Yeah, it was fantastic. You. Besides thank doing you, the biting uh, interpretation, <laughs> when he hesitated a few times. Yeah, I, know, yeah, was I thought maybe you lost your place. He was he was going to bring it home on you there. Uh, <laughs> yeah, you know the thing. <laughs> <laughs> Peanut butter sandwiches. Uh, from what I'm impression. <laughs> <laughs> yes, Sterling. He had some. He's over there shaking his head. Yeah, I was he waiting. Notes. I, oh. Every time Sterling starts writing, I'm just going to be like, <laughs> Sterling's getting this. Bring oh, it. Nice. He's getting it. Bring it. What you got? I've just been thinking of different songs. Like, yeah. There's so many different songs. And it's like, oh, I can't write them all down. But the if you're still alive and breathing, you should be praising the Lord. Because that means you still have a purpose, or He has a purpose for you. Because yep. if He didn't have a purpose for you, you're gonna, you know, you're not gonna have a. You're gone. So there's still a reason you're here, and that's probably to show somebody else love. I mean, what's his 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 commandment to us all is to to witness, witness to others, and bring as many as we can into the fold. Yeah. So. That was kind of the joke I made that you know, several shows ago, and I was like, "That's why I stay a heathen, because that keeps <laughs> you guys here." <laughs> as long as I'm walking around being a heathen, you guys have a job. Yeah. <laughs> and you know what we're going to do when, when we when we celebrate, not if, when we celebrate, when, when it happens, Alan. What's that? Arms open wide, and we're going to celebrate. We're going to kill that fatty calf. We'll get you some Jordans. Get some Jordans. Some Jordans. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> they may be used just a little. Yeah, there might be slightly. a little. That's okay. Just a couple streaks. <laughs> you can wipe it off, though. <laughs> so, everyone. Gonna move on to that family portion. Yeah, let's move on to the family portion. What are we doing for the family portion today? We're gonna. You're the host. You I'm the host. Me. Yeah. You, I thought we were gonna go right off of what you had there. We we're gonna like build off of second you know, chances. Second sure. chances. Yeah, I yeah. thought we'd go there, but well, okay, fine. Let's talk some second chances. Talk some second chances. Another chance. Yes. Would you like to go first? No. Formal host. No. Formal previous host. Prior host. Normal host. No. Okay. Oh, did my mic just drop? <laughs> 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 Maybe. Right. Sterling. Yes. Would you like to talk about second chances? He's thinking. If you want to or not? Or if you have a second chance. Processing. Okay. And I don't mean like the little box in the bottom of the scratch off ticket. Like <laughs> Okay, hold on, I gotta think of something else. I, got <laughs> no, I, um, didn't, I didn't get the five hundred. Apple cherries. No, but there's another box. <laughs> Pineapple. <laughs> Okay. Well, I mean, life itself. Um, growing up was hard. It was very difficult, and I always took that as a, a thing. And I've said before in the previous episode that I was on, because um, you're so tall. Yes, that's what was so difficult about it. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> and um, I judged myself really, really hard, and I never gave myself a second chance. I always thought I'm never going to. Not even like not even. Uh, that I've done so many bad things, I've never done enough good things. Like, there's no way I could be accepted because my skills don't equal. 
my scale is not equal. They're not even on positive. It's just way negative. So that a big time. That a big time. So leading from that, um, I was in a relationship, a really bad relationship, and that relationship made me hate people. Hmm. And that is something you shouldn't do. But society and choice, personal choice, that's what it, it all ends up coming down to is being personal choice. I didn't let anybody else in. And this may even be a second chance for other people. Me taking that second chance on other people and on myself. That's like a, a double there because people hurt. <laughs> people hurt you and they know how to hurt you. They hurt you just the – they know which buttons to push. Yeah. And they push them really hard. Yeah, so absolutely, you know, I got out of church for a while and I was going down a very slippery slope and it came to what I thought was going to be the end of my road. And I made that quick decision of it's either this or that, which those are dangerous situations to put yourself in anyway. So if someone shows up, I'll live. If someone doesn't show up, I'm not going to live. Let's put that put it that way, and I took a chance on a friend of a friend. Her name was Sarah. She's my wife now, and she ended up coming. She was the only one that came, so I took that as uh, divine intervention or God's hand being like, "Listen, you still have work to do. Don't give up yet. Here's what I can do for you. Yeah, you're in a rough spot. Let's make this better because." Love, love is, there's not enough words. Like, you can't even describe love. I mean, there's so many, what, Greek words and Hebrew words for love, but it's more than a feeling. It's a thing. It's a living thing. And when she showed up, I just knew. So I took a chance, and that chance is going on 11 years of marriage now, and I'm back in church, and I'm with you guys. Congratulations. I've started a guys group, you know, things that, no, I, I never would have done without, without God. So that's my second chance and second chance for people. That is actually that's really amazing. That is an amazing story. I appreciate that. Okay. I mean, I don't. I, it's it's hard because the show is all super positive. I'm so sarcastic and cynical, and it's like I want to breathe cynicism, but I can't. That's fantastic. <laughs> no, that's excellent. Um, what about you, Louis? My second chance would be since I got ten kids. Five boys, five girls. Bless you. Plus, <laughs> on top of that, I got over 30 grandkids. Oh, double bless you. And my grandkids are having grandkids. Oh, triple bless you. And um, I didn't know how to treat my kids when I was young because I was young. I didn't ever had a father who taught me. Right. And um, I'm hoping that God gives me another chance to bond with them because right now they're not happy with me because I've been bad. I've been a bad father, and I know that, but I haven't been that bad to them. But they blame me for everything that I did to their mother, and I hope they forgive me for that, and God gives me that second chance to bond with them again and be with them. That would be my second chance. See, I'm I'm confident that's going to happen. But what I really like is that most likely we already got Sterling. He gave us the story of his second chance. I'm probably going to give you guys the story of the second chance that I had. 
Josh will most likely give us a story of a second chance he's had, but I love seeing the ongoing second chance, right? So we're going to give you something from our past, but you're looking at something in the future. And I love that. I love the simple fact that it's like, all right, I'm here. I'm aiming for the second chance. You're going to get it. You're definitely going to get it. And I, you know, you're a fantastic person. I hope, I hope my kids realize and give me that second chance. I know at least one of them was watching because he commented on YouTube uh, not, not too long ago. So that was pretty cool. I hope he didn't say too many bad things about me. <laughs> <laughs> he said, hey, Pops. So, hey, that was reaching out. You know, that's that's a start. That's also, a good start. Also, I had one of my grandkids. He was um, putting himself out there and looking for love when um, he's been left out from the family. Like a black sheep, yeah. Yeah, and... He was crying and saying to people that he wants to bond with them and hang out with them. And I hope they do that. You know, they give them that second chance and they get to bond. But I got to talk to him and that's been a long time since I got to talk to him. And that was great. I feel good when that happened. It just takes one. You know, whoever's lost out there it just takes one person reaching out as long as they can still see that hope there's always hope for them to come back yes thank god absolutely so the reason i did that was because the two of us can talk for days on end <laughs> right so i thought you know we're gonna lead with the uh quieter of the two and man you guys could have just carried the conversation i would sit there and watch that yeah. <laughs> people are probably sick and tired of hearing my voice <laughs> <laughs> Josh, would you like to go in, or do you, do you want me sure. to go? Sure, I can. I can tell the story of another chance because it happened very recently. You know, with with the health issue I had, that gives you a whole different perspective. When it was a hangnail, Josh, it was a hangnail. <laughs> <laughs> so you know, I, I told the I had told the story of what happened on a previous episode, and I had a you know an instance where I, I'm pretty sure that you know at least for a couple seconds I was. I don't know if I was gone. I don't know if I was dead, but, uh, you know, I was certainly feeling like I was close to death's door and, and, uh, my heart certainly slowed down enough to where my lips were blue and I could hear my wife calling 911 and all that stuff. And I was just thinking of like all the things that I hadn't done yet. Well, and particularly with just life in general, but you know, what am I leaving behind? You know, my wife, my family, my friends, you know, um, all the people that I haven't met yet that I can lead to the Lord and keep, you know, show them God's love. And I can't, you know, I can't do that. I'm, I'm thinking all these things like rapid fire, rapid, but right? they see your laugh, life flashes before your eyes. Uh, it was none, none of my, none of my past was flashing before my eyes. None of that. I was thinking about the future. The, just like with Louis, it's uh, thinking about all the things that were as of yet to happen. And I was like, I'm not ready. I'm not ready. And I, I remember telling my wife, you know, I don't know what this is. I don't know what this is. And in my mind, I'm going, this is not time. I'm not ready. I'm not ready. And I was like, man, I wrote this show. We're supposed to record this. <laughs> He's backing out with blue lips. Come on, man. What you should do is not give up on any sickness that you get. Look what I have. I had a triple bypass. We should fight like hell, right, Louie? And at first, I thought I was going to give up in life. I had a triple life. I died on the table for a minute because I had about four four or five operations on my heart. 
Then came cancer. I had cancer. I lost my bladder. I lost my prostate. But I'm still alive. And I thought, uh, I, I thought, of, why me? You know, why this happened to me? But why not me? You know, could be because maybe I'm suffering from what the bad things I did, as I thought. But things do happen to people on top of that. Besides the triple bypass, the cancer, and I got diabetes, and and then I had the gallbladder taken out. But I keep going. I, I don't give up. I keep going, and I let myself not let myself get down because that's part of life. And if you give up, which I've seen a lot of people just give up and die, it, it's not right. You know, you just got to keep going. Yeah, That's what gotta, you got to do. Yeah. Just keep you pushing have forward. Faith on I was going to say, like, Louis is like the embodiment of just pushing forward. Like, yeah. I mean, every time I, when we talk and we have these conversations about your life and, you know, things like that, it's like, man, I would, I hope that when I hit that kind of uh, situation that I can just dig in and push forward like you, man. That's just, that's amazing. Yeah, I don't give up. I, Life keeps bringing me down, but I keep going forward because I ain't going to let it get me down well, you know how to until make God decides that he wants me. And that's when, yeah. that's the way I am. Yeah, yep. you got things to do, man. Yeah, things to do. Sometimes I wonder why, but... You're reaching out to people right now. Yeah. yeah. It, seems like, it seems like you're, you're going to reach the people that you can reach and with your story and with your friendship that you have with Josh and so the whole situation there, I think there's a lot of people that only you can reach. And that is where you should hold on to that. You're going to bring hopefully multitudes. Let's just, let's just go with yeah. the big numbers. You're going to bring so many people to Christ and you may not even ever know it, but that is why you're still here. And I have met good people. Where? And I bonded right there. <laughs> yeah, you, you absolutely. You, you might two act good like, people. You might act like you're tough and and rough, but you're a good person. I know that. You guys killed me on my on the last show. Yeah, <laughs> we I talked got, about how great he was, and you're just like, no. <laughs> like thanks to Alan, thanks to Alan, and then I had some story, and I was like, man, my show has no credibility anymore. <laughs> like, let me tell you what I think about the government. <laughs> what Care Bear? <laughs> Do it to it. Bless us with sunshine from your belly. <laughs> so uh, I guess on mine, I really don't have anything as deep as you guys. But really for me, it was being able to like transition in life and not in the way that, uh, you know, people on the liberal side are okay with. But uh, uh, <laughs> no. But yeah, reaching their God-given uh, potential. Yeah, That was an interesting thing. Yeah, But for me, it was like a lot of my identity as a – as a kid was being athletic. I wanted, I wanted to play sports constantly. It's just one thing I absolutely loved. And then yeah, hitting you're a good kickball player. I can, I can <laughs> attest to that. Yeah, so. Thank you. Um, I got fairly good at most of those sports. Awful at baseball though. Go God, awful at baseball. <laughs> but somewhere in my twenties, my body was like, all right, you're done. You're done. And I forced it and forced it and forced it, kept tearing things, kept tearing things, kept tearing things. Um, and it was just that moment where I like, I remember laying in the shower I was laying against the wall in the shower and letting the water around my back. And I was in so much pain. And I had, was like, I have to make a change. Like, I have to do something. I know this is nothing on your guys' level, and I'm sorry. Um, 
but this is like a part of me that I haven't bared. I haven't bared this part of my soul. So it was just sitting down going, what am I if I'm not the guy who gets the ball when, when the clock's ticking down? Or what am I if I'm not the guy who's doing that or this? Um, and it was just trying to reinvent yourself. And that, that second chance, right? It's not a second chance. Yeah. It's not a second chance from failure. Not, not from a failure, not from a decision. Not like I haven't had several of those. Yeah. I'm not saying that I haven't. I've had several, but in this particular instance, this is what kind of clicks was my body was failing in the way that I was not ready for. And when I had based essentially most of my, most of my identity on doing this thing, I mean, get off work. I had shoes and a basketball, a basketball and shorts in the backyard, in the backseat of my car. And every single day, five minutes before the end of the day, change in the bathroom, clock out, hop in my car, play ball till 11, midnight, whatever. Yeah. Shower, sleep, get up, do it all over again. Um, so it was, it was finding the things that I enjoyed and finding the people I was going to be around. And that was difficult because the people I wanted to be around were still out there. So I needed to find other friends who were doing other things that I was also going to enjoy. And that was, uh, that was, it, it opened my eyes to a lot of things. Um, gave me a lot of great people. I mean, Josh, you've been around since, you know, Nehida Grasshopper. Oh, I was going to say Nehida to a Grasshopper. <laughs> you telegraphed, you telegraphed, and I got there first. <laughs> me. <laughs> we but, have telepathy. Yes, it's what, it's what it is. It's exactly what it is. Tune in for more of it. But I've, I've got to meet, <clears throat> I've also got to really sound awful on the mic. Weather's my, changing. Yeah, it's that, and then my eyes twitching. This is fantastic. <laughs> Loving this today, but I've got to meet great people. <laughs> Mostly him. Not so much you guys. <laughs> <laughs> For those on audio, he was pointing to Cameron. Oh, I'm sorry. No I, I am awful at this. <laughs> but no, I, I do appreciate, and I it took me probably a year, year and a half of just learning how to appreciate that. You know, driving past a basketball court and hearing a ball bounce and just being like, oh, that's my music right there. Yeah. That's everything right there. And then going, mm, maybe I'm going to go play some board games. <laughs> maybe I'm going to, maybe I'm going to old man it up a little bit. Maybe I might kick back a little bit longer. Um, and now that my daughter is starting to come into her own and wanting to play sports, I get out there and I hustle a little bit. And, you know, that, that solely is that, mu- that, that muscle in my leg that tore and just tore and tore and tore and tore. It's nagging me. But I'm still out there crossing over with her in the in the driveway. Yeah. And then I just go inside and complain for a while and watch TV. <laughs> but uh yeah, that's that's really kind of I just want to be a little more upbeat with my I really didn't want to dig too deep there. I want to be kind of upbeat to end it out. It's pretty deep. Oh no, it's not deep. It's pretty deep because no. you, you, you lost your <coughs> dreams. You had you had this ideal. I was in my twenties. My dreams were shot if I wanted to. You had dreams, man. <laughs> I mean, everyone does, but that's, I think that's, thank you for that. I mean, all I did was just take that and then transition. That's the thing. You take that mentality, you take that energy, you take the abilities that you have and you just move them, right? You just, where do they apply somewhere else? If they don't apply here, let's plug them in somewhere else. They apply right here. Right. Well, where you at? Right I hope. Now. Thank you. I'm not, I don't even know if I can say right. I'll just say thank you. You have, you have the intelligence of, have, of having politics and fun at the same time with comedy. You've got to drive. I don't know. I was watching his lips, and you trailed off. And like you said, the intelligence, and it looked like you're going to say, of a peanut. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, okay. I, that's I, enjoy, I enjoy your, your, your broadcast and the way you 
bring it out to people and the way you bring comedy to it, too. I appreciate that. He's talking about la- the Laughing Libertarian. Go over there and subscribe. Please subscribe. Yeah. I mean, if we can make a few dollars, then we can throw more shows on you. And and that's all we can do, really. We just keep throwing shows at you. Like Sterling. Like Sterling's going to have a show. He doesn't know it. No idea. They can't hear you on audio, Sterling. you got to say. Uh, you got to get your hair closer to the show? mic so it goes. Yeah. yeah, sound must come out. Oh, no. <laughs> that wind by shaking the head. Don't well, worry. <laughs> uh, I can relate to that, Alan, as far as being like the dreams that you had in your 20s because I had, you know, the, the dream of being a musician when I was in my 20s. I mean, that's when you know, the other half of my basement's filled with music gear because I just thought I was going to be, you know, a star or singing, you know to the masses or whatever. I even had dreams about it. And I mean, you know, real dreams while I was asleep and everything that I was going to be this big music star and it just never happened. It never came to fruition. And we're thinking about starting a, an FFP band, are we? Yeah. I mean, yes. certainly. So we'll, we'll, yeah, we'll definitely do that and, and put that together. And, uh, well, you know, we talk about subscribing to things. You got to make sure that you're subscribing to this show as well. Hit the <laughs> notification bell on both, <laughs> both shows. Just do it. Like Subscription, yeah. like, share, yeah. notification button. Just, just, I'm not even going to tell you to smash the like button. Smash it all. Play yeah. it on repeat. Your rumble, phone. Rumble, rumble, rumble. Your phone. Your laptop. Just smash <laughs> it. Smash somebody else's laptop. Yeah. No, don't do that. That's don't a call to action. Share, 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 comment. Break those algorithms so that we can get through and we can give the the, the word of the Lord, not our word, the word of the Lord. Thank you, Sterling. No problem. The word of the Lord out there to the masses and so they can hear everything from a conservative point of view. And know those values, those Judeo-Christian values we want to instill. And speaking yes. of those conservative views, yes. get it. Let's go ahead and talk about and talk. Let's talk about some politics. Okay, <laughs> I might as well just roll with it. I'm going to screw up on the mic. Absolutely. And so, uh, our favorite source, CNN, mm-hmm. where we're going to start. We love CNN, guys. Come heard on. the hearts break in the room. I know. I was going to go straight up MSNBC, but. <laughs> <laughs> You know, we have to hone, we have to kind of bring it in a little bit. Yeah. Have some kind of reliable sources. But so, it's, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's just pretty much Joy yeah. Reid and four other people. Yeah, Brian Stilter joke there. <laughs> nice. So, um, interesting take here with everything going on. I don't know if you guys have heard about what's going on over there with Russia and Ukraine. I mean, Not it's, at all. it's been kind of quiet, <laughs> a little ho hum over there. But Russia's second biggest oil company calls for an end to the war that they want it over with. And we're starting to see some issues here. So basically the second biggest company over there is um, Luke oil, which some cities here in the United States have actually tried to back off their product and um, trying to contain it. Basically saying, yeah. since, this, since this is going on, we're not going to support you because of where you are trying so to cancel it. They're, they're essentially canceling. Yeah. yeah. And it's not widespread, but we're, they're still seeing it and they're still taking a hit in their pocket. And what I love about this is in a country where the people are trying to stand up and they're getting hit with treason because they can, right? There's nothing. What are you going to do? It's normal human beings, normal citizens versus paramilitary, okay? To have their second largest oil company basically come through with the kind of clout and power that they have and say, look, you're going to stop this. And we're we're calling you out on this. You're going to stop this right now. Yeah. Like, that's huge. Um, I don't know how you guys feel about the power dynamic of that seeing people in the streets, St. Petersburg and uh, the, the pressure from the rest of the world on, on Russia. I don't know any kind of feedback on that from you guys. 
The power of the people really is what we're talking about. Yeah. Well, we know that everybody over there is having a war in Ukraine with Russia. But like in the West, uh, the State of the Union, Biden is trying to put all these rules on them and regulations. Sanctions. And sanctions. But yet, we, the United States, is still buying oil from them and gas. Oh, we're getting there. I, I've got, I've, you're, you're previewing yeah, the third story. Yeah, you're, you're, Get you're, on you're in there. Him up, but yeah. And then we got, <laughs> we got um, Putin charging us $112 a barrel. Hmm. Texas saw what's going on, and they're charging us $115 a barrel. See, I want to know how much the barrels cost when Donkey Kong was throwing them. <laughs> Probably a lot less. Well, I'm guessing the barrels went up. <laughs> nice, nice. So I don't know what's happening, but I hope sooner or later Biden stops buying those oils. Hopefully. I mean, yeah, definitely opening up some some of our reserve would be fantastic. Um, definitely cracking into the shale, fracking would definitely help us out. Yeah. I mean, we're seeing if we're opening the Keystone pipeline. Pipeline, yes. I mean, like heck, today <laughs> we're even seeing like Germany um, burning coal. Yeah, you know, they said they came through and they said, "Hey, you know, we're green. I'm green. I want to back this stuff up, but we can't be. We can't. Ha- we can't let Russia keep us under their thumb. So we're gonna have to burn some coal. We need the energy. We need to produce our own energy. When Germany can come through and say, "Hey, we need to produce our own energy," they're literally putting it on the back burner. <laughs> nice <laughs> nice i like it well played sir You're welcome. But, you know and you look at our president you go come on man just help us out put something out there for us now you've got me completely off base so that's why think, i like about you louis <laughs> <laughs> so you think that um, um solar is the, the the right thing to do um i think hydrogen is huge um nuclear power when the russians aren't bombing it it's fantastic <laughs> Yeah, um, you know, we've got all these uh, possibilities for energy in this country, like you said, fracking and all that stuff, Keystone Pipeline. If we did these things, if we – let me put it this way. Thank God there's no more mean tweets, right? You know? Right. Gas is higher than it's ever been. But, you know, thank God there's no more mean tweets. You know? Uh, it, goes, getting, it goes gas – Hunter Biden. Yeah. <laughs> my my paycheck is worth less and less and less. But thank God there's no more mean tweets, you know. It's true. Yeah. Uh I'm going to get canceled for something I said, you know, 10 years ago. But thank God there's no more mean tweets. Just had to get that out there. Well, what you were saying a second ago, I really love uh I love having conversations when people talk about how how expensive things have gotten. They're like man, this just keeps going up in price and that just keeps going up in price. And it's because these raw materials cost more and labor costs more and things like this. Look, I talk economics all the time. I, it's one of my favorite conversations to have, especially with a socialist, but because it's a poor understanding, right? Right. I'm like, I'll just keep taking your cookies and you'll understand how socialism works. <laughs> um, and, and ironically, that's how our conversation's going. Yeah. But what people don't, typically take into consideration is it's not necessarily that this product costs more. 
It's not because this has gone up in value because of supply and demand. It's because your dollar is worth less. Therefore, it buys less product. It's it's just this this mentality of that product now went up. That product didn't go up. Your dollar went down. down. You can buy less of a product with what you have. And I just I wish more people would just wrap their mind around that instead of just believing that there's something pushing the value of this product up. Well, look at gas. Here in Indianapolis, three dollars. I saw in one gas station, almost four. Well, yeah. almost four. Yeah. Yeah. And um, diesel. We didn't want everybody to run. I just didn't want people running all the way down to Indianapolis, like three dollars a gallon. Yeah, right. Uh, my mistake. But um, diesel has gone up. Now all these truck drivers are going to pay a lot more for their diesel to get products to people. Right. And that's going to be hard. Yeah, yeah, going to be hard on their pockets. Yeah, well, I mean, and higher diesel, more, more money going out for diesel means higher shipping costs. Mm-hmm. Higher shipping costs get passed on through the products that you buy. That's true. Less money buys less and less. But thank God, yeah, there's no, no more mean, mean tweets. Mean tweets. Oh, that's that's what it was. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> like basking in my yeah. world of no mean tweets, yeah. or very few, yeah. at least. Feels good, right? Yeah, it's wonderful. Time I go to the gas pump. No more mean tweets. Um, (laughs) I can just hear Biden in my head going, I did that. (laughs) But that's where I was. So that that pressure, that pressure. uh, They actually, they're saying that they produce about 2% of the oil in the world, and they have about 100,000 employees. So for them to come forward and say, hey, look, you know. That's a lot of power, actually. That's a lot of power. And in in a place like Russia, I mean, in China, you're not going to see so much of that because – Nearly everything, I don't, people can argue with me, that's fine. It's, a, it's almost equivalent to the power that big tech has in this country. <laughs> right. Um, well, sort of. <laughs> the thing is with that's China. That's another story. <laughs> right. We can go to a whole new show for that. Uh, with China, though, you see every company is essentially just an extension of the Chinese government whenever the Chinese yeah. government wants them to be. Okay, like yeah. you operate, you make money until we decide that we want what you have, and we see that in the United States occasionally as well, big yeah. tech. Um, <laughs> but I see what you did there, right? Well, with Russia, it's interesting because yes, they could do the same thing, but up to this point, we've only seen individuals stand out and say, "No, we're over this. We don't want this to happen," and they can just swoop through with their paramilitary and swoop and take those people right off the streets. You know, nothing will we heard of them again. We won't know anything, what's happened, nothing. But when a company steps up and has clout and power and says, look, this is what we can, we can hurt you. We can hurt you. We can hurt your bottom line because you're hurting our bottom line. Yeah. I just, it's, it's just an amazing thing. It's just an amazing thing. You know, it's one thing to pound your, pound the pavement and protest, but it's something else to do that. You know what I see when I really read this story? They're saying, look, Putin, this is not loving your neighbor. There you go. <laughs> and you certainly love yourself, so love your neighbor as yourself. Didn't you hear what Jesus said? It's fair. <laughs> the funny about Biden and the State of the Union is that he's using Trump's book. Trump said, make America great. He wants to make America better. Yeah, he said, build back better. It's like, that's just... A rewording of Make America Great Again. Right. MAGA, baby. And then you see Nancy Pelosi <laughs> standing up going, uh, well, we'll like get, a we'll raccoon. Get to, we'll get to that for sure. <laughs> like a raccoon. We're, we're building to it. We're building. And then you look at her face <laughs> real close, and you see that she's 
drunk on something. Power. Power. <laughs> Those bottles that yeah. she had in front of her desk. What is it? Russian vodka? Or Likely. some kind of vodka that she's drinking? Oh, yeah. I don't know. But she looked real drunk when she was at the... <laughs> oh my I God. like this Louie. This Louie's fun. Yeah, this Louie's <laughs> a lot of fun. Um, all right, so second story. Don't give yes. him any more sugar. <laughs> I gave him pixie sticks before the show. <laughs> so building building toward it. We're still building. We're going there. We're right. going there. I'm, I'm with you, Louie. What about uh, – forget about all that defund the police stuff now. Ugh. Right? We're going to go ahead and build this one story at a time. So – Where's that coming from? Uh, Dan Bongino. Oh, yeah. One of your favorite sources. He's awesome. Yeah. Democrats want us to forget all about their defund the police stunt. That's what he's talking Mm -hmm. about. So, uh, I mean, this we could dig into the story, but we know know the the whole vibe. We understand everything that's worth. We're all goldfish. We don't know. (laughs) Oh, let me read this story for everyone at home. No, we're not. (laughs) We're going to talk about defund the police and how that's actually failed. Um, would you like no, Alan? Can, Alan, you've got a good perspective on this, and I want I want yeah. you to talk about it. Oh, I thought you would just wanted me to read. <laughs> <laughs> you can read if you like. Let me get my spectacles. No, um, <laughs> no, it's a simple fact that if you look at the numbers, every major city, for the most part, a few didn't jump drastically in murder rate and crime and all that good stuff. But I mean, it's just it's very obvious. You take people out of you take police officers off the street. You're going to, I'm going to use the word, embolden. Ooh. It's a big word. Yeah. I've just heard it when them talking about Putin. You know, I just, yeah. I had to use it. Yeah. It was the right time. Thank you. The right place. The right place. Uh, they, <laughs> they, but they embolden right people. Right person. Oh, you guys now quit this. We're never going to move on. <laughs> but you embolden hey, criminals. Now. No, <laughs> I'm done. I'm the first host to leave this show. <laughs> You're just waiting for me to say something at this point. <laughs> no, go ahead. People are emboldened, and you know they they don't look down and they don't see. I mean, look in cities, they allocate police officers where the most crime happens, and that's with anything in any realm of the world that makes sense. Wherever you need the most help or have the most problems, you allocate the most actual help. To solve those problems. You would think. Right. So when you defund the police, you take away either police officers off the street or you take away training or you take away materials they need in order to be able to arrest people. And then you put in people who are not trained for those situations, who don't have the gear, and now you're putting them in danger. And so one of the things that always gets me is when you see 15 police officers take someone to the ground. The first thing people say, they think it's like they're get, that guy's getting jumped. Oh, they're jumping him. They're on him. They're beating him. Why does it take 15 people to do that? Gang bang. That's a that's a <laughs> secure way of doing it. Because if one person, if it's one-on-one, in order to, in order to stop someone who does not want to be arrested, you have to apply a lot more force one-on-one. If you apply four people to one person, you can secure limbs. You can keep them from swinging. You can set them down. The more people you have taking on one person doesn't mean that that's a, that there's more fists and feet hitting that person. It means yeah. that you're securely putting them on the ground. So defunding them. And you I'll, can de-escalate the situation yes, you more can. easily. Absolutely. Safety in numbers. Uh, Absolutely. A harder person to bring down is one on drugs. Yeah. If he's on coke, you, you need crack, all 15 of those people. You're going to need a lot of cops to bring him down because he's going to fight you. Well, I can attest to that because um, – when I was um, 17, 
I got hit by a, a minivan. Okay. And so when I got, it was up, a regular size van until it hit you. Well, it was a Dodge. <laughs> so nice. there's irony for you, but didn't when I, though, <laughs> I did not dodge it. I, I didn't read it until it was too late. Was, was it a Dodge Ram? Like, oh, that's what it says. <laughs> it, it was a caravan. But, yeah. one this was a whole bunch of people. <laughs> a whole bunch of people. <laughs> it was filled with two teenagers, two old teenagers. Um, but the, this guy gets out of his van and he says, oh, my God, are you okay? And, of course, me being the young, uh, rowdy teenager that I was, I was like, of course oh, I'm okay and I'm going to come, you know. Tear you up? Yep. Gotcha. That is the nicest uh, version of that story, yes. And so. <laughs> I'm going to tear you up, boy. <laughs> come on, son. Now, um, so as I'm going towards him, people can notice that I'm limping. Yeah. And uh, pretty badly. Well, what I didn't know at the time was that my, my kneecap was actually torn from a uh, ligament was torn from my kneecap uh, on my right side. And so I'm hobbling over that guy and the ambulance shows up real quickly. I mean, almost as I get across this lawn to come, I'm still, you know, got it in my head that I'm going to beat this guy up. And these people start coming out of their house and they're trying to put me on the ground. Like, let me know, like you're hurt, but I'm zeroed in. So I've got the adrenaline pumping and I'm throwing people. I'm picking them up and throwing people. I never did that in my life. Just picking them up and throwing I'm picking up people that are larger than me and throwing them. The Hulk. And four police officers de-escalated the situation by grabbing a hold of my limbs, putting me on the ground and saying, look, you know, and if. They're going to tase one, you for three and a half hours. <laughs> <to calm back. laughs> yeah. They were punching and kicking me. No. <laughs> All four of them. No. But it, yeah, it took that much because I, I, I think I threw at least one of them. I'm not. I don't remember it all that all that well as far as when they when they showed up because then it was like oh this is real, but yeah it took all four of them to put me down. We're going to put a hurting on you, boy. Yeah. <laughs> and I wasn't on any drugs, just my own adrenaline. But I mean, right? If if they hadn't used four of them, I might have gotten to that that other young man and tore him up. Yeah. Tore him up, or they may have resorted to something else. Yeah, I'm just they, they may have been forced to. Yeah, I'm just thinking about the part of the city where you actually you know got hurt, made you limp, you were limping, which, I mean, a few blocks away, that's, you know, you're limping two blocks south, you're pimping two blocks north of there. So, uh, it's casual. <laughs> no, you were just, you know, working for the job you wanted. Yeah. I mean, I just put the powder on. <laughs> put the powder. Yeah. I know, I'm putting powder in my hand. I, people, I'm so bad at audio. <laughs> um, so, I mean, the defund of the police didn't really hold. It didn't really do anything, and... And the mayors that um, very loudly announced that they were going to defund police. Lightfoot, excuse me. Oh, excuse me. Have very quietly walked that back. Yes. Uh, do you have any opinions here? Do you have any notes for us, Sterling? I don't have any notes for you. I have seen some of the escalating murder statistics or whatever when they have defunded from then till now, but I don't have. I just think it's crazy. Like, that was the choice that you went with. Ever since they started that, the gangs started getting bigger. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The more gangs, <laughs> more hurting, more shooting. It's getting bad. I mean, yeah, you need you, the cops. Yeah, if you don't have to answer for the crimes you're committing, then why not just go ahead and get everything that you ever wanted, right? Exactly. Sure. I mean, thinking of emboldened. Uh, emboldened. <laughs> nice. What's the time? Place. What's the person? <laughs> <laughs> hey now, um, 
yeah, to, to drive that point home, I mean, think about the Old West, uh, one of my favorite movies, Tombstone. So Wyatt Earp, he rolls into town, and the cowboys are running things. You know? Yeah. Right. They had literally defunded the police because there was no they, – they defunded him by killing him, but, they, you know, they got rid of – there was no sheriff in town, and the cowboys were running the town. Is it bad as soon as you said that, my brain goes, have you not watched the NFL for 20 years? <laughs> <laughs> the Cowboys gang. <laughs> not America's football team. Um, <laughs> I really don't know how they get that, that moniker. But anyway, <laughs> um, I think it's just money. But anyhow, they, uh, the Cowboys were running that town. And Wyatt Earp says, no, no, no. We're going to use a couple of us. And he put some badges on his brothers and even a guy who – Got a second chance, another chance, you know, Doc Holliday, and uh, it, they took a few of them and they, they put it put it right. They, they they refunded or they funded again the police in town, and uh, yeah, why it became a superstar. And I think that that's what we could get in our. You know, it's, it re- translates to today. That's what happens in these cities and towns is that the cowboy gang or whatever gang that they're in starts running the town. Because they've been emboldened to do so, because there's no wider. The <laughs> could I could I, could I bring something up about the State of the Union? He's getting there. He's getting there. He's getting there. Um, you want to know how much the Democrats are so confused? Tell us on Louis. the speech of Biden, they got up to. Plow, um, to plow. Applaud? Applaud to Biden. And nobody was applauding. He was just up by himself going. <laughs> <laughs> He's well, referring the, to Chuck Schumer. And then you got Biden talking about Putin. I mean, yeah, Putin. That um, nobody's going to love him, but Iran. He got confused. It's the UK, Ukraine people is not going to love them. You mean the, you oh, mean you the Uranian people? Yeah. <laughs> he brought up Uranian. The Iranian, the Uranian. We could not hit Ukrainian. The Weeranian. The Weeranian, yes. <laughs> That's how they confused. The Weeranian. <laughs> That's how confused those people are. They don't know what they're saying. All right, Louie. So tell me. I'm going to give you what you want. Okay. What you really, really want. <laughs> give it to me. twice. <laughs> Let's give Louie what he wants. So, Fox News, President Biden's State of the Union report card. Experts give their grades. So we're going to look at a few of these because these guys are experts. We're schmucks. (laughs) (laughs) So uh, let's find what I can pronounce his name because that one's a (laughs) no-go. (laughs) <laughs> I'm going to just skew his name because now, now this hates me. No, I don't want to be there. Well, Sorry, guys. I Technical say, difficulties. Uh, Talk amongst yourself. While you're looking for that, my grade was E for effort, you know, because at least he, you know, dawdled out there and he did, you know. <clears throat> All right. He took enough of those Alzheimer's drugs to let him get through the speech. So, Alan, I'll give you this one to talk about. Fire away. Nancy Pelosi, she said that we Americans are idiots. Why? Because Biden polls are down 37%. And she said we're idiots because we didn't 
we're not looking at the bright side of what Biden did for us. I know, like 63%. (laughs) (laughs) And she's bringing up all these great things that he did. What do you think about that? I mean, it's a good thing that the State of the Union was so short because they couldn't have filled three hours with great things that he's done. But it's it's funny that she had, had, had talked about, you know, here's all the great things he's done and then never lists one thing. It reminds me of Joel Osteen. This is my Bible. And then he's at the beginning of the, you know, the, the beginning of his messages, and then he never reads the Bible. Yeah, you know, he can't go into the great things. Can't cite them. It's like taking the oath to be a president and then never doing presidential things, right? <laughs> right. Um, so there's just there's a ton of them here to talk about. I mean, there's the grades aren't great. Obviously, you have C, you have D plus. That was very kind of him. And most of them are basically that the message was tone deaf. And what it really came down to was a state of the union should be more about the actual state of the union. Right? It's not – that's those are the words. That's what it's supposed to be about. Sorry, I'm hitting the table. It's in the title. It, there you go. Um, and once we open that cover, we should be able to hear about what's happened in the last year and where we are compared to where we were last year. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And instead we're hearing promises of the future that sound an awful lot like someone else's promises. But we'll get in that in a second. But we – if you can't drive home what you've already accomplished, why do we care about your promises of the future? You know, some of those empty promises. I mean, I mean, literally, we got nothing from last year. And that's one of the most wonderful things. And I feel like I'm speaking to you guys like I'm on my own show right now. Stop looking at me like you that. You have guys. good points, man. We're listening. I want feedback. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to be, I don't want to have to end with this is Laughing Libertarian and your host, Alan McFarland. But, <laughs> but, you know what has he accomplished? Let's let's start there. Where, what has he accomplished? I mean, a positive. Thing. Let's go ahead. Let's start. Let's start constructive. Guys. Isolation. Oh, oh. Well, mm. I mean, you're introverted. <laughs> He's like, I got to be isolated. He accomplished lockdowns. Um, inflation. He accomplished uh, taking credit for the vaccine, even though everybody knows that that was Trump. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because if you need the vaccine, you can take a vaccine. That was accomplished by Trump. Warp speed. So I, I, he accomplished falling up the stairs. That was a feat. That was, but his feet weren't. His feet were not. <laughs> his feet he's were taking, not a feat. He's taking credit for the, all the jobs that he created. I didn't yeah, see did none. <laughs> you, you can't you can't talk about all the jobs you created when the first thing you did when you got into office was cancel a whole bunch of jobs by closing down the Keystone Pipeline. That's right. Yeah, and, the, and the Thank God there's no more tweets. stuff, too. I mean, trying to force that on people, people yeah. losing their jobs because they're not going to take it. On and on and on and yeah, on. We're not going to take it. No. No. We're not going. Exactly. That's where <laughs> I was going with that. You read my mind. More telepathy. Well, since we had such a great foundation for that first year, I, I appreciate you guys really driving his first year home. We got a good, good foundation. Yeah. It's, let's <laughs> talk about his promises. Um, let's, what is What has he given us? Trump's playbook is what he gave us, right? Right. right. So sure he did. he definitely knows that he's going to lose the majority, and he didn't do anything with that majority when he had it. Thank you, Joe Manchin. Um, <laughs> thank you so much, <laughs> Cinema yeah. and Joe and Manchin yeah. and Cinema. You guys yeah. were fantastic. Thanks for being intelligent human beings. Yeah. Um, they do silver purpose, right? But he didn't get to take advantage when he had it when he had the advantage, and now he knows he's going to lose a lot of his majority. When this comes up here in just a few months. Yeah. So now he's trying to play ball. Now he's trying to say, okay, let's 
let's give the people on the right some of the things that they like. What did they like? Oh, let's blow the dust off Trump's book. <laughs> That's exactly what he did. Well, he even talked about walls. Well, I mean, he talked about Putin meaning a wall, but still, walls work. Walls do. <laughs> it's helped China for years. Let's not forget about the immigrants. It's true. It's true. You know, and I I kind of touched base with this on my show. I don't know if you guys watched it yet today. Um, I have a couple times. Oh, yeah. well, thank you. Liked, commented. You should do that too. <laughs> but, you know, <laughs> you know, to say that um, we need to really up our security at the southern border. Okay, that's fine. But then to turn around and follow that up with, but let's let some immigrants from the southern border come in because we need farm workers. <laughs> that's racist. Right? I mean, I was sitting there, I was mortified. I'm listening to this going, uh, anybody? Anybody? Bueller? Anybody? Catch like, that? Like, we need Irishmen so we can peel some potatoes. <laughs> oh, that's how my family got here. <laughs> Mine too. <laughs> yes. Like, team paneling. Yeah. Bam. That's like starting um, having the blacks pick cotton again. It, it's just, you know, some of these things he said was just incredibly crazy. Um, of course, refunding the police because defunding police wasn't the way. That was another thing. We've already touched base on that. So um, insulin. Yeah, pharmaceuticals. Right. He's going to have he's going to have drug companies be more regulated. He wants to regulate them as far as what they can charge, which was something that was huge with Trump. We're going to take these drugs that most Americans are using that cost a lot of money, mm-hmm. and we're going to regulate. We're going to have the companies because the companies have already made their money on them. Why not tell them, hey, you can't charge more than this because you've already made your profit. You've already made your money back plus made plenty of profit. Now, I'm a capitalist. I say – you do whatever you want to do, as long as it's a free market. I don't care. You charge three hundred dollars for a vial of it, but your competition charges fifteen dollars a vial. Capitalism works its way through that, right? Yeah. And and that's what happens. And someone's going to pharmaceuticals bad. Pharmaceuticals bad. Pharmaceuticals yes. bad. Just want to go there with that. And he also said that, uh, you know, we have to crack down on these gun manufacturers. It's wild west that we live in, where gun manufacturers are not held to any standards. And can't be sued. Kind of sounds like, I don't know, companies that make vaccines, if you ask me. But that's uh, just if you ask me. That has nothing to do with the show. Uh, Overlords at YouTube. I don't want anything to come back as that being misinformation. (laughs) (laughs) So anyway, so we we didn't have much to talk about building up to it. But man, what about these promises? Talk about the vaccines. He talked about the vaccines, how great they were. Well, we said prior... Pharmaceutical companies, bad. But then the vaccines, that's great, right? That's an accomplishment. So now pharmaceutical companies, good. And we're supposed to just nod. And we're supposed to be goldfish. And he didn't just say that they were bad just a few minutes ago. And then later in his speech, he brings up the opioid epidemic. Yes, it does. Hmm, I wonder who caused that. Would that be the pharmaceutical companies? I don't know. My goodness. It's a mystery. I guess the pharmaceutical companies are bad. Hey, Every single thing you've ever had to sue for was FDA approved. <laughs> so could you say that Biden's a little is inconsistent? A uh, definitely, he's a drug dealer. He's giving the people on drugs, drugs. Yeah, yeah passing out crack pipe kits. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, just giving it to him, man. But yeah, so drugs bad. I mean, drug companies bad. Drug companies good. Drug companies bad. It's a little inconsistent. It's confusing. It is confusing. That's it's what like. I said uh, earlier. 
I feel like an owl. I just my head spun completely off. Well, and the other thing that's really confusing. <laughs> so now that we got we figured out how, how drugs can be confusing, let's figure out how money can be fused and confusing, right? So fifteen dollar minimum wage. Okay, I uh, I'm not a person who's ever going to say that this shouldn't be that. Okay, as long as it's consistent, moving things up to fifteen dollars. Not a huge fan of it, be- only because if you add beans to one side, you have to add beans to the other side. And who gets screwed over the most? The people in the middle who who don't get more beans added. Okay? Yeah. So the bottom end gets their, their fill. They feel great about what they have. Their check's going to be good for about three months until everything catches up, until inflation catches up. The product is going to go up. It's going to take a minute. But everybody else in the middle who their boss doesn't come to them and go, okay, well, because – cost of living has gone up. I'm going to give you a cost of living raise. That doesn't necessarily happen to everybody. No. Right. So coming in, boom, you're good, but everyone's going to end up paying. So sure. Gallon of milk's $3 a gallon. It is what it is. We might get there to that $20, $20 a gallon, uh, Mr. George Bush. Multiply by, multiply by, multiply funds coming into people's bank accounts by five. And you have to pay for those people to do all the different things that require that's required to make that product, then, of course, you have to up the cost of the product. Oh, including the farm workers? Oh, you don't have to pay them anymore. Oh. No, they'll do that. And that's what I was thinking when he was talking about child care, right? 15 bucks an hour, minimum wage. But he also said child care is going to be half as expensive. Yeah. So. He did. So he's going to cut the cost of child care in half, yet bring the payments of the child care workers up. Um, I'm not even so talking profit margin here. Seven fifty an hour plus tips. Uh, maybe, maybe we're tipping them now. I, I don't know because if you give fifteen dollars an hour and then you have thirty people working, but you cut the cost of childcare in half, are we looking at like a like a Medicare situation where you know they have to accept a government program? They can only make so much money because when the government's paying for something, or Medicaid, I should say, Medicaid, Medicare, whichever one, when the government pays for something, it is the lowest bill they can pay, right? They standardize what it's going to be. So they're going to give you exactly what they want to give you and you accept it or you don't accept their program. Mm -hmm. So is this a program that he's going to cut it in half? I I don't, I mean, personally it doesn't affect me. My daughter doesn't go to daycare, but I'm just saying like. Truly confused as to how it's going to work. Cut payment in half while essentially adding money to the employee's paychecks. Like I said, we're not even talking about cutting their profit margin, profit margin as much as we're just cutting into them keeping it's the lights on. Almost right. like they're trying to print money to get rid of inflation. That's how you do it. You uh, you cut costs to get rid of inflation. That's <laughs> well, that's genius. Go ahead. They print whenever they need money. They'll print it up and pass it out. So I don't understand why they even eat our taxes, right? You know, when they can print their own money, and that's what they're doing. I mean, more money and so in my head, when you say, I don't, you don't even need, we don't even know why they need our taxes in my head. I'm like, well, they got to pay the people printing the money, but no, I'm like <laughs> better yet at the end of the night, they're like, Hey, everybody, before you shut the lights off, grab you a sheet or two and some scissors. Right. <laughs> <Thank> right? <you. laughs> he gave me three sheets today. <laughs> yeah. That's true. I could finish my craft. And these ones are ones. i've I've just envisioned someone taking an entire sheet of ones folding it and tucking it themselves an entire sheet of ones (laughs) as long as it fits (laughs) well they're printing it up why shouldn't i take some 
So, Lou, do you have any other input about the State of the Union? You were hopping into Nancy Pelosi there. Well, um, the Nancy, I, I brought that up. Yeah. But how, how, how about Camilla? Oh. What did she accomplish in this life? Well, she visited a lot of places where she didn't help. <laughs> she made sure she was, she was basically on vacation. Yeah. Well, she is the first Asian vice president. I don't know if you knew that or not. I did hear that. I did hear that. I thought that was inter- interesting. But she's also the first Indian as well. I guess because India and Asia is technically. Well, this is America, way. you know. We could all become. Sterling, and Sterling is writing and tearing a very loud piece of paper. Oh, he's trying to pass note to producer. Also, on the uh, uh, State of the Union, what does Biden mean by "go get him"? Go get him. How did he use that? I'm At sorry. The end. At the end. end, I don't remember this. It was the very, very end, just before he dawdled back off stage. He didn't walk. He dawdled. <laughs> well, he was probably telling his handlers to come fetch him. Okay. <laughs> go get him. <laughs> I mean, me. Let's go get him. Let's go get him. I think he was trying to say, let's go, Brandon, and it came out, go get him. <laughs> <laughs> so any anything else you want to talk about on that? I, I think we're kind of wrapping it up here. Yeah, maybe. yeah. Sort of, kind of. We're coming down to the, to the wire here. There, I mean, there are quite a few other things to talk about with it, but, you know. We gotta, we gotta watch. We, we gotta keep under. Yeah, we probably should keep people in within the hour and a half or so. Yeah, yeah. I wanted to talk about Nancy, uh, Camilla about when she brought up about abortion because she's still fighting on giving abortion to the girls, women out there, you know that want to just go out there and have sex and kill the babies afterwards. Yeah, but that is definitely a topic for another episode because yes. it, it it can get quite uh, heated. Mm. And that in that conversation, and, and there's a lot of passion at this table about it. So um, we're going to go ahead and so have you used heated? I, I was going to use squishy, and then I was like, that's really just not like <laughs> yeah. good word to use there. No, that topic not. could get real squishy. Yeah, definitely heated. Um, <laughs> <laughs> we'll go with heated. So yes, uh, so we're going to go into prayer. Yes, sir. Yeah. Um, Father God, uh, thank you for this uh, collection of gentlemen here before me, and allowing us to do this show week in and week out. Um, we want to thank you for the viewers that uh, are going to not only view this show, but subscribe and share and comment and like and do all those things that we just said that we're not worried about. (laughs) 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 But we do love ourselves uh, as we do our neighbor, and we do love those neighbors out there, regardless if they do comment or like or share or (laughs) subscribe. Um, It's the time. (laughs) But the... uh, (laughs) Thank you, Father God, uh, for for all that you do for us and giving us all another chance. In your son's name we pray. Amen. Amen. And God bless you all. This has been fantastic, guys. I, I want to thank you. Outro. <laughs> huh? you got, uh, he was you did a great job. Do you have something you wanted to go with? No, I say just said. Yeah. Speak to the people. God bless you all. Yeah, okay, right. excellent. <laughs> hey, I just want to interrupt. But I just want to say you know, thank you. Thank you for letting me guest host this week certainly absolutely and um i just have to tell you from our, our great talent here we have sterling producer sterling here say something thank you for watching <laughs> you were so talkative for so long for so long we were enjoying it of course we have louie over here thank you for watching and give us comments your wonderful host on any other week 
Josh? Invest in people. That's an awesome message. It's deep. Okay. And I am your special guest host this week. <laughs> Emphasis on special. Alan McFarland. I hope you guys have a great week. Make sure you like, subscribe, share. Come back and see that guy. <laughs> Think about seeing me. But most of all, have a great week, and we'll see you next week. Thanks. Bye. Bye.